Well, praise God, church. I'm glad you joined me again for our Spirit of Life session tonight. We're on session 13, and I pray that you have gone through all of these other 12, and they blessed you and helped you and encouraged you. And so tonight, I want to I want to progress and go on and uh, here in Romans chapter 8. But before I do, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Make sure get your notebooks ready, get your pens out, take notes, because this is some good stuff tonight, man. It's going to blow you away. So Father, I just pray right now tonight in Jesus' mighty name that, Lord, as people have gathered from all over the world and listening to this session tonight, that truly, Lord, the spirit of life begins to just erupt in each and every person. That, Lord, those that have had a relationship with you for maybe years and years and they've just planed off and and just kind of leveled out, maybe apathy's trying to just come into their life, I just declare, Lord, that tonight, that they're going to hear from your word something that stirs their spirit so much. They're going to realize that there is the life of God on the inside of them. And it's going to change us. It's going to transform us. It's going to make us be more like you, Jesus. Lord, I pray tonight that it's not my words that are being spoken, but it's your words, words of power, words of much assurance that will turn the people's hearts to you, O God. Lord, I declare that people are going to have ears to hear. They're going to have hearts to receive. That the seed of the word of God is going to grow in and go into people's lives and it's going to sprout and produce fruit. Lord, those that may have tuned in tonight just because maybe they're discouraged and they're just looking for an answer. I declare, Lord, they're going to find it tonight. They're going to find it in you, Jesus. And you're going to touch them. You're going to touch them, Lord, and bless them more than they could ever imagine in life, more than they could ever even dream of. And so, Lord, I just pray tonight that people all over the world are blessed by being in your presence, Lord. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Now, last week on session 12, I was talking about uh, the scriptures in, in Romans 8.31. And uh, <clears throat> over the week, I got to looking at it and got to praying about it and just kept, I just kept chewing on it. And, you know, that's the way the Word of God is. When you take the Word of God... It, it's a living word. It can come alive and it can look different. And as you begin to just chew on it and, and meditate on it, you know, God brings new things out. And so as I was doing that over the message last week, man, I just got some more revelation. And so I'm going to start with the same scriptures I did last week and then go on from there. So we're in Romans 8, 31 and 32. It says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son for us, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, just think about that for a minute. He says, what are we going to say to these things? So that means there's going to be things in our life. There's going to be things come against us. There's going to be problems in life. I don't want to preach that. I don't want to tell you that. I don't want to say that. I don't want to have any problems in life. I wish that I had no issues in life, no problems in life, but that's just not the world we live in. We live in a world that's a fallen world. And so there's going to be different problems you have to overcome in life. 
And Jesus said, hey, be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. I've made a way out. I've made a way for there to be victory in your life. I've made a way for you to overcome whatever. But there's going to be things coming against you and you're going to have to do something. And what I talked about last week and what I want to reemphasize this week is that you have to say something. You can't just sit there in, 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 in life and say, Oh, God, just take care of this. Oh, God, take care of this. You got to get your confession going. You got to begin to speak the word of God out of your mouth. And he said, what do we say? If God is for us, then who can be against us? Or in other words, if God's, if God's on my side, how can I not win? If God's going to be with me, how can I not defeat doubt, fear? offenses, difficult circumstances in life, whatever they be, whatever those situations are, how can we not defeat them if God is with us? But he's not just with us. This whole series has been to try to get you to understand that it's the spirit of life on the inside of you. The spirit of God is bringing life on the inside of you. And, 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 and the apostle Paul called it the spirit of life has set you free. The day you made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your heart, that day, the spirit of life came and resided on the inside of you. Now, it's not just life. It's just not like life, like you're living or you went out and had fun and it's life. No, no, no. It's Zoe life. It's the literal life of God. It's a life that, that, that anything that's dead comes to life because life touched it. And so there's going to be these difficulties come in life. You might as well understand it, but it it's all the difference of winning in life is your attitude. If you have a problem coming against you or an obstacle that needs to be overcome, you stop and say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There is nothing going to keep the spirit of life on the inside of me from coming out and defeating you. You start to speak like that. All of a sudden, everything's going to be changed and transformed in your life. The whole goal of our life and our relationship with Jesus is to become more like Jesus. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. So let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. It says, now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Now, that word liberty can also mean freedom. I mean, that Liberty and freedom are real close, but they translated it liberty, but it could have also been translated. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Listen to me tonight, church. As I preach on to this message, if you're sitting here uh, discouraged, uh, dealing with some sort of a problem, having torment in your mind, I'm telling you, there is where the spirit of God is where the spirit of life is, there is freedom, there is liberty. God wants you free. He said, but we all with unveiled faces behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the spirit of the Lord. So none of us, you don't get saved, you don't just born again and then all of a sudden, boom, now you're just exactly like Jesus. No, 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 no. You know, there's a transformation that has to take place. You have to go from glory to glory to glory to glory. We call it the sanctification process. It's a process where you keep walking and you keep growing and you keep developing and you keep becoming more like Jesus through every trial and tribulation that comes upon you. 
You know, the Bible's real specific. It says that, that tribulation or trials that come upon us are to cause us that we're to grow through it and become more like Jesus on the other side. Now, you know, it's just the way God does it, and there's no way around it. You can gripe and complain all about it, but then when the obstacles come into your life, just know right then that God's wanting you to grow. Defeat it and grow. Defeat it and grow. But sometimes we get discouraged. So the other night, I was having trouble falling asleep. That's not real common for me. Usually I'm the kind of person that within five seconds of my head hitting the pillow, I'm asleep. But I was having some difficulties falling asleep. And so I've learned over the, the years that um, if that ever happens to me, what I do is I just take Psalms 23 because it's something that I've committed to my heart, committed to memory. And I just start quoting it, just start going over it and going over it. And I'll go over it until I fall asleep, which usually doesn't take long once I start quoting it. But the other night, as I started, I said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. And as I said that, I just stopped in my, my prayer. And I said, wait a minute. Uh, where are these green pastures and these still waters, Lord? I mean, come on. Is, is David just being all prophetic and you know, sweet, and he's just like, you know, like he's out there with the sheep and the shepherds and the deals there, and he just came up with this song, and he just wrote it, and I'm quoting. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Your word's a living word, and it's a true word. And so I get the part, the Lord is my shepherd, so I shall not want if Jesus is leading me and guiding me. I'm not going to have want. But he makes me lie down in green pastures. I said, where are these green pastures? I want these green pastures. And as quick as I said that, the Holy Spirit spoke back to me and said, the green pastures are... Your Bible, it's the Word of God. The still waters of the Spirit as it begins to rush through your life as you're reading the Word of God. The green pasture of God is His living Word that He wants us to lay in, feast in, grow in. And as we're reading it and we take that mindset, folks, listen to me, you're reading through the Word and you're, you're, you're going over the Word, then all of a sudden out of the Word, comes the things that you need to say to the things that are coming against you. And it becomes a green pasture. It becomes a place that, that is so glorious, a place that, that you don't want to leave because you don't want to leave the word because the word literally is the green pasture of your life and the still waters of your life bringing refreshing to your soul. It's one thing when you're, you know, you read a book, you read a novel, you read a murder mystery, read whatever, and you're reading a book, and you know, and at the end you find out who did it, and you're like, oh, okay, I thought it was him all the time anyway. And you have temporal satisfaction because it worked out that way. But, but when you read the living word of God, and then all of a sudden God speaks a revelation to you, and you're reading, and you're like, oh, man, I didn't know this, that I was supposed to say something to things, and it becomes alive on the inside of you, well, then, folks, then that's when you're eating in the green pastures and living in the still waters. Those are the places we got to get to. It's not reading the Bible to find out some sort of historical facts. It's reading the Bible so that the spirit of the living God can come into you and touch you and bless you. And I have so, you know, I have people say to me, well, pastor, you know, I don't have, I don't really have time, you know, to read. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You're a fool. Ha, I said it. I mean it. 
You can find time to read the Word of God. It's just that you don't think that reading the Word of God is going to do anything for you. You don't see it as a green pasture. You see it as a hard thing to do to sit down and read. When you start to look at the Word of God as it's your green pasture and it's your still water, then you're going to start to find that life getting stirred on the inside of you. So now let me go to the next scripture. Romans chapter 8, verse 35 through 39. Romans 8, 35 starts out, says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Now, you may not have of those right now, you may not have famine you may not have the sword coming against you. But I'm telling you in life, I understand that, that tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword, those are things that come against us in life. Those are the things that we have to speak to. But he's making a point here. He says, will those things separate you from the love of God? A lot of people it does because they get mad at God. They don't want to walk through a uh, situation or circumstance. They want everything to be easy. They want to live in the land of cream puffs and no problems. And so what happens is, is you get angry at God and then you say, well, God doesn't love me because this situation or circumstance shouldn't be happening to me. But the truth of the matter is if you see what it says here, It says nothing can separate you from the love of God. God's love never stops beaming towards you at all time, no matter what tribulation is, and no matter if you think he's done you wrong. Did you hear what I said? No matter whether you think he's done you wrong, God doesn't quit loving you. It's when you separate yourself from him that then you're not receiving the love of God. Okay, here we go. He says, as it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all things, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Do you realize the first things that, the, that he talked about were more like physical things, famine, nakedness, peril, the sword. But then he comes into and he says, not death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Now he's talking about spiritual things. He said spiritual things cannot separate you from the love of God. The devil can't get you into a corner and separate you from the love of God. Can't do it. It's impossible. God's love is always there beaming towards you, but you have to start saying something to the things to get them out of the way so you can receive the love of God into your life. Sound pretty crazy? I mean, you need to start saying out of your mouth, nothing will separate me from the love of God. In other words, God loves you so much that he sent his own son to save you. He loves you so much that he has Jesus 
as a sacrificial lamb so that you can have a relationship with God. And there is nothing, nothing, nothing that's going to separate you from the love of God. Now, hear me. And I don't know how this is all going to work out tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to start, and then you may have to tune into the next session to, to get the rest of it. But um, there's something you need to understand. There's two revelations, two revelations that you must get from the, the Word of God that, that will, will totally defeat the devil in his tracks. There's two revelations. The first one is that God loves you. That's the first one, that God loves you. Now, let's just look at something. Go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. 1 John 3, 1. It says, it's an, it's an interesting way it's written. 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. I mean, <clears throat> he's saying, what kind of love is this? That God is going to not just like let you in the kingdom as a servant or let you in the kingdom as a slave. Not just not going to, you know, put you in hell, but give you some other pasture over there that's, you know, it's okay. But no, he's going to call you a son, an heir. And so John is saying, what kind of love is this? What? What manner of love is this? I don't even understand this love that, that God's love is so amazing and so overwhelming that God loves us all so much. John can't even describe it. He says, what? I don't know. I don't even know what to tell you. I don't even know how to, 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 to tell you what manner of love this is that, that God is going to call us sons. So the revelation that God loves you is a revelation that will set you free from everything because then condemnation can't get to you. Guilt can't work in your life. Shame can't be a part of your life because you know that no matter what, no matter, no matter what happens on this natural earth, God loves you. And when you have that revelation of that, then all of a sudden the sting and the hurt and the pains from life and the arrows that get shot at you well, all of a sudden, they, they, they're just, they're just, it's like a flaming arrow that hits a bucket of water. It goes, Psh! because you know on the inside of you that God loves you and that he cares for you and that you're important to him and that there's, there's nothing, nothing at all that he wouldn't do for you. So all of a sudden, you begin to speak to the things differently. Instead of saying, oh, why is this happening to me? You begin to say, God, I thank you. You're on my side. You've got an answer to this problem. You've got an answer to this circumstance. You have an answer to this situation. The devil loves to try to back you into a corner and get you to a place that you feel defeated, to get you to a place that you feel that, you know, that there's no way out. You're trapped or you're all alone. And then he whispers in your ear and he whispers in your ear and he whispers in your ear and he loves he loves to keep you in confusion. He loves to keep you just all messed up and tormented on the inside of you. And what destroys that is the love of God. You say, well, pastor, you know, you keep saying that, but I don't feel very loved. You've got to go to those green pastures. 
You've got to go to those still waters. You've got to understand God's position and his covenant with you. That he loves you even if you mess up every day. He loves you so much, he said, it would be easier to break my covenant with the sun rising in the morning than it would be to break my covenant of my love for you. We look at it and we say, oh, well, you know, if you really loved me, you would, you, you'd, you know, you'd be lavishing these things upon me. No. Just like any father wouldn't want to spoil a child. He wouldn't want to destroy a child. But he knows the greatest things and what you need in your life and where you need to go. And his love is abounding towards you. It's always there. Listen to me. When you don't know what to do, my, my best advice I can give you is if you don't know what to do, don't do anything. Wait for God's love to begin to show you what to do. It says in, in 1 Corinthians 13, you know, that love bears all things, believes all, love can never be defeated. Never be defeated. And so in this verse here, he says, look, if you want to be more than a conqueror in life, you're going to have to grab hold of the revelation of the love of God because love always conquers everything. And God loves you. We have so many people in the world, they're, they're troubled, they're distraught, they're, they're suicidal. The statistics tell us now that 60% of Americans are suicidal. I mean, that's terrible. That's terrible. That are having suicidal thoughts that are depressed. That's not right. People need to wake up and realize that God loves them. And yeah, there's wicked and evil people trying to do wicked and evil things, and there's schemes and laid by men. But I want to tell you something. They're all going to fall to naught. And God's love is always going to be there for you. When the rest of the world falls, love's going to be there for you. And so I want you to understand that. I want you, I, I tell you, you should make it a um, you should make it a study of your own to go through and just find every scripture about the love of God and just keep letting it go over you and over you and over you and over you so that you can understand the manner of love this is. It's so great. You just can't even, you can't even fathom it, okay? So I want to give you one last scripture and then next session we'll go into the second thing that you got to know. But the uh, revelation you have to have. Ephesians 1 and 3. Ephesians 1, 3. It says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. It's all in his love. Everything that God has in heaven is yours. He wants it to be in your life. He wants it to flow into you. He wants it to, 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 to move in you and to deliver you from whatever situation you may be in. God's not holding anything back. He's given you everything. And so what I want you to do now is I want you just to stop and I want you just to put your Bible up for a minute. I want you just to let me pray over you. And I want to uh, just, I'm just going to be believing that whatever may be holding you back from really understanding the love of God is going to be broken right now. I'm believing for a miracle in your life. And so let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I just pray right now that people all over the world hearing this message that they will have a revelation 
of how much you love them. Lord, you said there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. There's not principalities or powers. There's not uh, uh, famine and nakedness and peril. There's not physical things. There's not spiritual things. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. But Lord, I pray because I know people get separated. They separate themselves from your love. So I pray tonight, Lord, that there is a coming back to you. That people, Lord, right now cry out and lift up their voices to you and say, God, I want to walk in your love. I, I want to receive your love. I want to flow in your love. I believe you love me. I know you love me. And as they do, Lord God, that you, those walls begin to come down and you begin to flood into their light. The people that are depressed, people that are discouraged, people, Lord God, that aren't receiving your word, not hearing your voice, that, Lord, it would be clearer than it's ever been. It would be a flow into their life like they've never seen before. And that the spirit of life on the inside of them would just erupt, Lord God, and just be, just be like a flowing river coming out of them. Lord, I pray this revelation for each and every one of them. I pray, oh God, that even tonight as they sleep, that Lord God, they're bathed in your love, bathed in your spirit, and that revelation comes to them. Heavenly Father, I, I, I thank you for everything you've done. I thank you for sending your son Jesus to us, that through Jesus, Lord, we can walk in this love. And so, Lord, I give you praise, and I thank you for it. And, Lord, bless them now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.